0: Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all of these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God and whatever you do In word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him
1: going to be directing my thoughts and yours this morning to verse 16 of Colossians chapter 3 the words that have been read already that says let the word of Christ dwell in you richly something dwelling in us richly As a sustainable path or means to Thanksgiving. I have many circumstances in my life that I am thankful for, but I don't believe my thankfulness should be dependent upon my circumstances. I'm thankful that I'm healthy. I'm thankful that I have a dry roof over my head to sleep at night, I have a car few percentage of the wealthy of the world right there I don't share my car well, Actually, I do share it a lot but my wife has her own car and the percentage gets even smaller my children are experiencing health right now I live in a country that I have citizenship in. but I believe that there is for the Christian a sustainable path to thankfulness That are outside of all of the circumstances for which we should rightfully give thanks for and I believe that it is in these words let the word of Christ dwell in you richly have you ever said to someone you're far too thankful for my company I'm gonna stop hanging around with you you're way too thankful I'm gonna stop working for you I'm gonna stop working in this place because the people here they're just too thankful bad influence on me of course not there's nothing more pleasant and desirable and pleasing than to be in the presence of the virtue of thankfulness when it is demonstrated in the character of an individual the command to be thankful isn't complicated all of us understand the exhortation to be thankful But the experience of it, the means to it, the path to it can be elusive. If you're visiting with us this morning, we've been working on a new statement that we call a declaration statement that goes like this. God is real and that changes everything. Part of a discipline in my own life, and my own thought process, is that very idea. Sometimes I work it backwards. It's a helpful way for me to Examine my own life, examine my own thoughts, examine my own character. God is real. That changes everything. And working it backwards, I look at my life and I realize sometimes everything isn't changed. I live in brokenness sometimes. There are things in my life as a Christian I know that they shouldn't be that way. My, my character evidences and demonstrates things that, for example, the lack of thankfulness sometimes. And when everything is not changed, I believe it's evidence that there is some kind of a disconnect with the God who is real. In other words, there's a gap in my life. I believe God is real. I believe it is reasonable that God is real. I believe it is rational to believe that God is real. But I'm not experiencing the God who is real. And I believe that it is something that real Christians struggle with. I struggle with it. I believe God is real. But experiencing the God who is real is is another thing. This isn't a blame game or to heap shame on anybody. Real Christians struggle with this. Sincere, genuine, spirit-filled, believing Christians struggle with, with these things. But sometimes, if we were honest, our notes on our way to church would read something like this. Dress pretty, smile nice nobody will know i think well thanksgiving well it's just just another thing i fail at i guess i'm not a very good christian no it's something that all christians wrestle with and so that's what the the main point that i would like you to wrestle with this morning and take home with you based on this text let the word of christ dwell in you richly that there is a great difference between Believing God is real and experiencing the God who is real. That there can be a gap often between believing that God is real and experiencing the God who is real. But the question is, how? It's one of my favorite questions. It's up there with my favorite questions. My my favorite question actually is, why? <laughs> why? Why do you love Jesus? But up there with why is how? Tell me how. How do I experience the God that I believe in? I believe that it's a real Christian struggle. It's true of me. And I believe that these words about the word of Christ dwelling in us richly answers this very question. How do I experience the God that I believe in? And it is a a wonderful Trinitarian work of the Father giving the Son. In order to reveal the Father and the power of the Spirit, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. God has given us a Son and the Word of Christ that is not another word of doing. It's not another layer of law, the Word of Christ to us, another thing that, that we must do, but it's a word about what has been done and it is a word about the Father, it is a word about God and it is in the son the reason the son is given, the reason Christ is given that, that, that could be proclaimed to us the word of Christ is God's declaration to us of the fullest possible demonstration of the knowledge of God there is nothing that we can know about God in a fuller way, more experiential way than is seen in the face of the son let the word of Christ dwell in you richly see there there's no shortcuts to to christian character it can't be a veneer that is just you know a little little bit deep and the first little scratch shows what's really there let the word of christ dwell in you richly that word and the word of christ always begins in this way god is God is. And in, in the way that the Christ, that Christ demonstrates to us what God is. The Father is. See, the path to Thanksgiving is requires real thoughts about Christ. It's not a, a switch you can just flick on. Oh yeah, I should do that. It's not just a, a moral imperative, a, a, an inner resolve of the volition that says, Oh, yeah, I'm going to be more thankful. It's about an indwelling. we am going to work to, through two simple points this morning based on these thoughts about the word of Christ dwelling in us richly and experiencing the God who is real. Firstly, that it comes from a particular kind of indwelling that is rich. And secondly, that it, it bears the fruit of thankfulness. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly it is a peculiar command isn't it it's a command to passivity let something happen when we think of commands we usually think of something that is active do something this is a a command to passivity let something happen let something in what dwells in you richly I don't ask, "What do you wish dwelt in you richly?" I don't ask, "What do you think and what do you know should dwell in you richly?" And I don't ask, "What do you try to make others believe dwells in you richly?" But what dwells in you richly?" Ultimately, what dwells in us richly acts itself out, doesn't it? What's it like to live in your house? What's it like to be married to you? What's it like to work for you? What's it like to be in your office? What's it like to try to serve you? What dwells in you richly? It's often displayed in our character. Am I stingy? Well, guess what? Money dwells in me richly. Am I grumpy? Sometimes. When something's dwelling in me richly, usually selfishness. Am I vain? Pride can indwell richly. Am I insular and aloof, indifferent? Arrogance has a capacity for indwelling richly. Am I miserable? Self-pity has a house full of stuff to dwell in people richly. See the word of Christ dwelling in us richly never fills a vacuum. We're not some vacuous state that, that Jesus dis, the, the Scripture describes the, the 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 inner self. It's never swept clean. It's full of something. For the word of Christ to dwell in us richly, it it displaces what is currently filling the house. And underneath all of the many things that can fill our house lies unbelief my prayer to the lord is often lord help my unbelief about you there's something about you that i am not that i I believe in but i'm not laying hold of it help my unbelief i'm not believing it in an experiential way a small God syndrome. Which is the reason why the Son is given in the power of the Holy Spirit to show us the Father. <laughs> big God. Big God. Spirituality. And the word of Christ is the word that God makes. The word that God gives to make himself big to us. That's simple children's language, right? Why is Jesus given? To make God big to us. Well, I thought he was given to forgive our sins. Yes. And part, the purpose of forgiving our sins is to make God big. To demonstrate the fullness of his character. Let me give you an example. Let me show you how it works. Do you ever doubt God's wisdom? I do. In other words, I, I believe, God, you're wise. But I'm full of the doubt and the discontentment and the lack of peace. It shouldn't be there if I was experiencing the God that I believe in. Wisdom is an example how the word of Christ can dwell and should dwell richly in us through Christ. In fact, the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said that Christ has made, God has made Christ to be to us, for us, all things, including wisdom made Christ to be, for us, wisdom. And this is just an example in my own life, how I come to lay hold of and experience the wisdom of God through Christ. It's just to show you an example, a, a bit of a, a paradigm to show you how it works, to experience God as wise. Galatians 4.4, 4, God says this, that in the fullness of time, He sent his son at just the right time he sent his son into the world born of a woman born of a virgin and I've heard a lot of sermons about why that in the Roman Empire in the Roman world was was just the right time and it seems to be based on the idea that for us to understand or trust God's wisdom he needs to tell us why he's done what he's doing I think the point of trusting God and his wisdom is not that we know what he's doing but that that he he knows what he's doing without us knowing what he's doing. And I began to consider the incarnation of Jesus at just the right time. (laughs) You ever struggle with the wisdom of God's timing? At just the right time, he sent his son into the world, born of a woman. How can any time be a right time for this? When you consider what the incarnation was for the Son. He came to be rejected. He came to be betrayed. He came to be abused. He came to be slaughtered as a sheep is led before the slaughters. And the perplexity of all of heaven who worshiped around the throne, the splendor of the sun, to see him go into the world at at just the right time. How can there be a right time for that? But if god is wise enough for there to be a right time to send his son into the world then i believe that i can trust him that there is nothing in my life that could be outside of the same wisdom that says at just the right time lori read earlier 2 corinthians 3 18. see christ unveils our faces before god that we would see The glory of god in other words that that god would be made beautiful to us jesus prays this way in john chapter 17 verse 1 glorify the son and glorify yourself the son knowing his purpose in the world to make the father beautiful to all those that the father brings to the son philip puts his hand up at one point in john chapter 14 and says you know, sometimes we think you're going to ask just the right question. Oh, this is a good one. I got, I got just the right question. The teacher's going to be impressed with this. So Philip puts his hand up and he says, would you show us the Father? And aren't there times when he would love to see Jesus' face when he hears the questions of his disciples? I don't know if he smacked his forehead or not. But what he said was, Philip, <laughs> where have you been? This is what we're doing. This is what I've done. If you have seen me, you have seen the father this is the reason the father gave me to you don't ask to see the father look at me let the word of christ dwell in you richly wisdom is just one of the things that jesus is the path to experiencing the god that we believe in would you experience god's faithfulness Would you experience his justice? Would you experience his kindness? Would you experience his mercy? Would you experience his almightiness? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Secondly, that when the word of Christ does dwell in us richly, it has a fruit. It has an evidence. It's called being a Christian. When the fullness of the revelation of God is flooding the lives of God's people and the power of the Spirit, it bears the fruit of thanksgiving. Okay? Real simple language. There is a root, and there is a fruit. That root is the knowledge of God, the word of Christ dwelling in us richly, making known to us the fullness of who God is. The fruit is in our character don't make the fruit the root you're not a christian because of the fruit it's evidence of being a christian but don't pretend you have the root if you don't have the fruit and one of the fruits is thanksgiving think of all the things that have to come together for us to be thankful it's kind of like the the curry of a culinary metaphor of the curry of as i understand it curry is a blend of a lot of different spices We learned that working alongside a man who had lived in India for many years, and we thought curry was a thing you buy off the shelf. And he says, oh no, I make my own. And Thanksgiving is like that. Think of all of the the things that are blended together in order for us to be thankful, all the Christian graces that come together for us to be thankful. We need to be seeing God in his fullness. We need peace, we need contentment, we need faith. We need hope, we need joy. Affection for God. Probably no one ever goes home at night and says to their family, I met this person today and you would not believe how the word of Christ is dwelling in them. It was just amazing how the word of Christ was dwelling in them because they can't see what's going on. Right? Apostle Paul says, outwardly wasting away, inwardly, inwardly, invisible to anybody else, inwardly being renewed day day. By day something dwelling richly in us that we so desperately need but shouldn't people regularly go home and say I met the most thankful person that I've ever met today I was getting on a ferry a quadra last weekend to go to the men's retreat and I was the first in line i had been there for quite a while and I was shopping online on my cell phone and there's a big sign that says please put your cell phone down Anyways, I missed the cue to come onto the boat and the woman was a little frustrated with me and I rolled my window down as I drove by and I put my head out the window and I said, thank you. (laughs) I could just see the relief on her face (laughs) as I stuck my head out the window to say something to her. Thank you. Ever thank a flagger for stopping you for 10 minutes on the highway? (laughs) Shouldn't people go home at night and say I met a person who was thankful when they've met met a Christian? Shouldn't physicians go home at night and say to their family? Shouldn't nurses go, nurses go home? Shouldn't teachers go home? Shouldn't bus drivers go home? Shouldn't clerks go home? Shouldn't people in the, the course of business, the business life and world go home? I'm someone in the street today, in a coffee shop. I met somebody who was peculiarly thankful for Christians. The word of Christ dwelling in us richly. There's lots of other alternatives. But that's what a Christian is. Paul says here at the end of the verse, verse 16, it says, uh, he goes on to speak about exhorting and teaching one another with all wisdom. No wonder Christians have wisdom, right? do You think that's in your own head? No. no wonder we have something to exhort and encourage one another with. If Christ dwells in us richly, singing songs, hymns, spiritual songs. And he says this with thankfulness in your hearts. To God. Again, it's a peculiar phrase, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The King James says, with grace in your hearts towards God. And it's because in the original language, the word there is not the original or the normal word for thanksgiving, it's the word for grace. With grace in your hearts towards God. That's translated thanksgiving in the ESV, gratitude towards God in the NIV. Now, if I asked you what grace is. I hope that you would say something along these lines that grace god's grace to me is his undeserved kindness his unmerited undeserved kindness to me that's what god's grace is to us but think about it for a minute what if you have grace in your heart to god grace reciprocated to god can't mean the same thing that it means towards us because God can't receive anything unmerited. God can't receive anything that's unearned. Grace in your hearts towards God. Grace in our hearts towards God means, is translated thanksgiving here, because it is a heart that feels kindness towards God. It is a heart that is at peace with God, without any questioning of God and his all of this wisdom, his justice, his kindness, his grace, his mercy, his almightiness. Without any malevolence towards God, in submission to God. The psalmist describes it, I think, this way, as a, a weaned child. My heart is like a weaned child. And it is the opposite extreme of God, why? Why, God? Grace in your hearts towards God. It is the word of Christ richly dwelling in us, declaring to us all the fullness of God that exhibits grace in our hearts towards God. And it bears the fruit of thankfulness that isn't bound to circumstances. In conclusion, Revelation chapter 3 20 says, these are familiar words to many of us behold i stand at the door and knock what do you want jesus behold i stand at the door and knock why jesus these aren't the words to unbelievers they're the words to believers real christians behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come in to him eat with him and he with me in other words you will have the fellowship with jesus that he was sent into the Son, into the world for you to have with him what do you want jesus why do you not i want to make god big to you why do you not jesus what do you want i want to make god beautiful to you i want to hide your life in my life i want to set your eyes on things above not on the things of the world So there's a good reason why the Apostle in Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and to set our hearts on the things that are above, where our life is hid in God with Christ. Would you please pray with me? God, I pray that your grace would be evident in our life and there would be grace towards you in our hearts today. Use this Lord's day, to to help us, I pray. Worship is to gather us to lift our hearts towards heaven together. If there's anything else in our hearts, Lord, that rules, if our house is full of something. May we confess to you that we have nothing in heaven that we desire but you. So help us, even as we sing. it in Jesus.